So just to make you aware, I have some training days that I'm running throughout the autumn, winter, and into the spring next year. These are one day trainings in eating disorders and body image, and they are ideal for counselors, mental health professionals, anyone who's kind of working with people with eating disorders and wants to you know, expand their knowledge and skills and tips on working with this client group. So my next course will be on Saturday, the 24th of September, and that'll be in eating disorders. And then I'll be running like a body image course the next month, eating disorders the next month, subsequently right through the winter and into the spring next year. So if you're interested in finding out more, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk and you can find out more and also get in touch with me about booking a place. On this training for the eating disorders, you'll get a really good understanding about the different types of eating disorders. You'll explore typical causes of eating disorders and understand how to create a psychological formulation for your client. And then I will take you through specific skills, knowledge and strategies that I use and when working with people with eating disorders, drawing on my experience of working in the NHS for almost 20 years and also in private practice. So I draw on motivational enhancement therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, compassion-focused therapy, a bit of cat therapy, cognitive analytic therapy, um, but pulling all these different ways of working together in a way that's very sort of tailored for working with people with eating disorders. So yeah, if you're interested in that, do head over to my website, theeatingdisordertherapist.co.uk and click on the training tab. Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I wanted to talk about something a little bit different. And this is reflecting on the fact that I am very much a wounded healer coming to work with people with eating disorders, disordered eating. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot recently and just reflecting on the positive aspects, but also the negative aspects of what I bring to the counseling relationship, what I bring to my insight and awareness on eating disorders, how I sort of show up in this space because of my history and the things that I bring. And I guess sometimes that is really helpful and sometimes that isn't so helpful. And I wanted to talk about this because I'm aware that many mental health professionals, eating disorder counselors listen to the podcast. So I thought it could be helpful reflection for you guys if you're listening. But I thought it's also helpful for potential clients or if you're a client out there working with another eating disorder therapist and for you to just reflect yourself on what might be going on in that counselling relationship and just to think about you know what your counsellor is bringing what they're not bringing just to increase levels of awareness and understanding and insight because I think we're the best will in the world counsellors we are human beings we are imperfect (laughs) you know even when we have done a lot of work you know I've had a lot of therapy in my life I still have my blind spots I know I do and of course I work hard to navigate and overcome those blind spots through supervision and talk you know openly and you know share my thoughts and feelings in a confidential setting 
about the work that I do with my clients. But I think, again, it's just useful to reflect and think about some of these things because just because of the culture we live in, so many professionals are coming from a wounded healer place. So I'm hoping this episode will be something that many of you can benefit from. So I started counselling training at the tender age of 24 years old. I was hugely idealistic and quite naive really, very much a true wounded healer. I was emerging from the depths of an eating disorder myself with that intense desire to save the world and prevent others from experiencing the pain and distress of my own suffering. So I guess I brought so much enthusiasm and passion and motivation to going into that experience, but also as well, I was still recovering from my own experience and I was bringing, as we all do, my own baggage and my own experience into that training, into that journey, and you know, there are pros and cons of that. So when I began my training, I was wading through the shallow waters of my recovery journey. And thankfully, I was kind of over my really disordered eating symptoms by that point. I'd stopped purging, I'd stopped restricting. I had a much better relationship with food but little did I appreciate how much personal development was still to come. There was a bumpy road ahead in mastering my emotional regulation. You know, still very much at that age, I didn't have a good understanding and awareness of my emotions. I did on a certain level, but nowhere near to the depths that I do today. Also, I had so much work to do on my communication and relationships. I was still very much a people pleaser, still could be very passive, still wasn't really showing up, finding my voice from an assertive place. And also the final bit as well, well not the final bit, there were many bits, but the final bit of the things that are profoundly in my mind was as well developing a robust self-worth because of definitely when I started my training, I was still very much dependent on external validation of others and I found it very hard to trust and rely on my own decision-making process. You know, if I was gonna make a decision, I would be looking externally all the time. I'd find it very, very hard to trust my own voice, to have that kind of self-trust. And as a consequence, I would very often kind of go off track in terms of what was right for me because I was still almost like looking outside for that permission all the time. Now, of course, even to this day, I haven't got it all sussed personal development and self-actualization seem further and further, I think, into the distance as you progress down this road, because it's almost the more you know, the more you realize that you don't know, and there's so much more to learn. So as I said, I've been reflecting recently on the strengths and weaknesses of bringing my wounded healer experience to the counseling relationship, and I'm going to share three thoughts on this. So firstly, connection and empathy. So I'm definitely not the most technical therapist. I'm not someone who like hones strategies and skills, fine tuning them to a precise art. I'm not really that kind of therapist. And I know as well, I'm certainly not always the most up to date with the latest counseling research or breakthroughs. I'm not saying I'm completely out of touch, but I'm not someone who has their finger on the pulse constantly with that kind of information. And you know, those are my weaknesses there really. However, having walked a path of recovery in eating disorder healing, 
I am definitely familiar with the pain and uncertainty of traversing this road. And I know the sadness and anguish of grieving relationships, losses and traumas, and feeling those feelings wholeheartedly. And I know about moving beyond these sufferings to finding acceptance, forgiveness, and peace. And this hasn't been an easy journey. This is something that I have done through a lot of years of having therapy. Most of my therapy I had in my 20s. I've had little top-ups now and then when I've needed it, but it was a pretty rocky ride in my 20s. I felt very despairing. I didn't really always know how I was gonna get out of the eating disorder, how I was going to come to terms with some of the things that happened in my past. I was pretty stuck for a while, but I just want to say to anyone listening that going down the road, doing the deeper work, it is ultimately the place to full healing and recovery and coming out the other side. And I feel now as a therapist, because I have done that difficult work, it means I can connect and empathize very much with my clients because I have walked a road, it's not gonna be the same as your road, but a road where I understand these bumps and how tricky it can be to get through, but also realizing that it's possible. Also, I understand the seduction of an eating disorder as a life raft and a fixer when life is out of control and difficult and tricky. Now, my experience is unique and no other will walk that same distinctive road. You know, we're all on our own paths. Nevertheless, it does allow me understanding and awareness of what it means to be stuck in the depths of a well of a maladaptive coping strategy and to hold hope for recovery and change for you. So I truly believe that through many people that I've worked with, I'm able to form quite deep relationships in a therapy room because I can really connect and empathize and have a lot of compassion on quite a deep level. So I can really hold that space for someone and in a very accepting way because I have walked that path and I know how difficult it is. So it makes it easier for me to stand in those shoes, you know, stand in someone else's shoes and try and see that perspective. Now, I'm not saying that I always get that right. I'm not saying I do that perfectly by any means, but I think having that connection, that empathy with my clients is something that, you know, being a wounded healer, has helped me to be able to strengthen that bond in the therapy room. The next thought I wanted to really talk about is just saying that my road to recovery is very different from yours. I've also already mentioned that a little bit. So I have an experience of an eating disorder. It's my own path though, and it's personally complex in the early roots, triggers, and psychological understandings. So your path will be a different one. Now, my training and ongoing personal development means that I strive to have a deep awareness of separating my journey from yours. I take my own emotions, thoughts, and baggage to my clinical supervision. But of course, I'm imperfect, who will sometimes get it wrong, you know, I sometimes might have blind spots. But it's absolutely my responsibility as a therapist to really fine tune my awareness and to truly hold space for your unique story and to hold this separate and distinct from my own. And I think this is the drawback of coming into working in the therapist space as a wounded healer because it's easy sometimes to assume that you know what the other person's experience is. 
it's easy to project sometimes your own experience onto the other person, you know, and just to think, well, I've been through this, I know what that's like, that must be the same for you. And of course, that's not true. We are all on our own journey. All of our experiences are unique and different. There will be some overlap. You know, I think suffering as human beings is universal. Many of the different struggles that we have in life, actually, when we talk to other human beings, we kind of realize we're all in the same boat. We're all muddling along imperfectly. And a lot of the challenges we face are quite similar. However, my journey is different from your journey. And I think it's just really, really important to hold this in mind when you're working as a therapist. And this can be one of the drawbacks of coming into the therapist space as a wounded healer, because sometimes with the best will in the world, your own thoughts and feelings and baggage may cloud the experience and you may project stuff onto your client. So with the best will in the world, as therapists, what we have to do is just be really aware of that make sure that we are regularly reflecting, having insights, making sure that if something's triggered in the therapy room where something particularly resonates with us, just making sure we can shine a light on that and know what's our stuff, what is the client's stuff, so we can really hold that space so you as a client can absolutely tell your unique story. So the third thing I wanted to discuss in terms of coming into therapy as a wounded healer and a counsellor is about holding hope for a client. Now, when in the depths of an eating disorder, I genuinely always believed that this was a temporary issue that I would move beyond and ultimately triumph over. Now, this allowed me to navigate many a dead-end cul-de-sac of potential healing, but to swiftly, and to be honest with you, sometimes not so swiftly at all. You know, there are a lot of stuck points and backward turns, but I would reverse out again and feel encouraged to try a different route. So hope has incredible power. And I sometimes believe that holding hope for someone can almost mean that you're halfway there with recovery. Because in contrast, if you're feeling really hopeless, This can result in a weary acceptance and despair about the possibility of change. And it can leave you feeling so stuck. So you're not really looking then for the openings for the kind of different cul-de-sacs, the different kind of roads you could be walking down. You become a bit closed off. You feel a bit despondent. You feel that there's no point in trying because it all feels really overwhelming. But as a therapist, And I think, again, this is something that is helpful from coming from a wounded healer perspective, is that I really do hold hope for my clients. And I profoundly believe in the possibility of change and healing. I see people's potential, and I really aim to encourage them to move beyond the trappings of where they are today. And I think there have been some incredible stories, not just with people I've worked with, but People that have been on my podcast as well, I'm thinking of um, Eva that came on recently and from France, recovering after 23 years of having bulimia and coming out the other side. You know, she's just one of many. So I think it's never too late to recover, but it's so important that we hold on to hope. So hope really does have power. It really, really does. And as a therapist, I hold hope for you. And I profoundly believe in the possibility of change and healing. Hope gives you wings and empowerment. It is the glimmer on the horizon of promise and what's possible. It offers the prospect of a purpose, a meaning and a life beyond an obsession with food and the body. 
So as a therapist, when you're not feeling hopeful, I aim to hold that hope for you. And I believe actually that all therapists do this. You don't have to be a wounded healer therapist to be able to do this because I think most people that come into the counselling profession and want to support people with their mental well-being absolutely believe in the possibility of change. They really want to hold people's hands metaphorically and to support them on their journey in healing. So I don't think this has to be only someone who's coming from a wounded healer perspective at all. But I think for me personally as a therapist, because I have come out the other side and I always felt very hopeful myself, even in when I was in the depths of despair, I absolutely hold hope for my clients and I absolutely believe that recovery is possible and there is a life beyond an eating disorder. Okay, so that was a bit of a shorter episode today. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. Um, please do DM me on Instagram or you know send me some feedback on the podcast. Let me know what you thought about it. So if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. For further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm -hmm.